0: The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Well, when uh, things go wrong, as they sometimes will, and when the road that you're trudging seems all uphill, when you're feeling low and the stress is high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh... When worries are getting you down a bit, by all means, pray and just don't quit. That's kind of been my weekend. Just pray and don't quit. My No Restraint podcast, which drops today, really, when you think about it, I wish that I didn't have to do the podcast that I did today. I really wish I could talk about just about anything else. But I'm convinced that we are on the precipice of a horrific, almost apocalyptic time in the world. And I'm not going to be the one who didn't sound the alarm. The level of anti-Israel and anti-Semitic bias that's out there right now should be a harbinger for the world and should let you know that this feels very much like Germany in the late 1930s. When I say this, uh, the whole world, certainly America, I I can't even imagine how the Israelis feel, people in Great Britain, in France, and even in Germany. They are aghast at the rhetoric that's coming out. You know, I did a whole No Restraint podcast today about a couple of different events that happened over the weekend that were so anti-Semitic and so in-your-face that they were outrageous and need to be talked about. And by the time I finished doing it, there were like five other things that I could have added. Like, you know, how about the fact that they're, they're actually, you know, I talked about how they shut down the Brooklyn Bridge because of a pro, I don't know what to call them, they're not pro-Palestine, they're, they're anti-Jewish rallies, that's all they are. And nobody seemed to mind. Well, just after I finished doing the No Restraint podcast, I read an article that police had been dispatched to a building that houses the Kosher Dining Hall at Cornell University after Jewish students received violent threats on an online forum. Community threats. City of Ithaca, the Cornell University Police Department, is investigating posts located on a website that contains threats of violence directed at religious groups across the campus. The alert went on to say that the locations were intentionally selected because of the perpetrator's bias. In other words, they didn't bother to tell you that the threat was to attack the kosher dining room and that the person wrote, shoot all you pig Jews. Now, this level of Hate. It's not like we haven't seen it before. It's not like Jews haven't seen it before. But it's really disturbing me. The Cornell University Hillel up there in Ithaca said the FBI has been investigating the incident as a possible hate crime. What do you mean, possible hate crime? If that's not a hate crime, then there's no such thing as a hate crime. I'm so sick and tired of this delineation or this designation of hate crimes, but they're only hate crimes if they target people that the mainstream media likes. If they target people that the mainstream media doesn't like, they're not hate crimes. They're just uh, freedom of speech issues. The Cornell Daily Sun reported that students were alerted when violent posts appeared on an online forum from a user named Hamas Soldier with threats to bring an assault rifle to campus and shoot all you pig Jews. If I see a pig male Jew, I will stab you and slit your throat, read one post. Another post pledged to bomb a Jewish house in retaliation for the murder of 500 martyrs. Cornell President Martha Pollack sent a statement to students saying that we will not tolerate anti-Semitism at Cornell. This after anti-Israel graffiti was discovered on their campus and an alarming uptick in anti-Semitic attacks on campuses all over the country. Unbelievable. But I'm supposed to be quiet. Since this attack on October 7th, where Hamas left 1,400 Israelis, mostly civilians, dead, we've had anti-Semitic protests all over the West. He had one in that Sydney Opera House in Australia where the people actually had the audacity to chant, gas the Jews. Gas the Jews on the steps of an opera house. We had gas the Jews, "f the Jews. These are the things that are being shouted. And I'm supposed to stop talking about it. Yeah. I'm supposed to be okay with that. Well, I'm not. When Jared Kushner... Look, I don't care how much you hate Trump. I don't care how much you hate Jared Kushner. When he says it's safer to be Jewish in Saudi Arabia than it is on American college campuses, you ought to be very disturbed. Because I am. And, and I've got legislators in Washington who really just seem oblivious to what's going on. Look, there's a lot of things on their plate right now. I get it. But if this were happening to African Americans, or this was happening to Muslim Americans, or, well, maybe not Asian Americans, they don't like them much more than they like the Jews. But if it were happening to a minority group that the media loves, I can assure you there would be a rapid response team right out of the White House. And instead, you know, I'm looking at articles that are congratulating these protesters. I'm looking at professors. This is really unbelievable to me. Brandeis Center is asking Harvard to at least, you know, do something about the professor at the uh, JFK School of Government who discriminated against three Jewish Israeli graduate students, which viol- violates Title Six VI of the Civil Rights Act of sixty four, nineteen sixty four. It's extraordinary that Harvard, on the one hand, is willing to acknowledge that clients faced inappropriate discrimination and different treatment and yet is not taking meaningful action to address it. I'm not surprised. The failure, on top of other failures of leadership, well, that has set the stage for the climate that we have now seen for Jewish students at Harvard since October 7th, right? Harvard doesn't speak out against anti-Semitism, which is masked as anti-Zionism. And so these student groups are now celebrating Hamas's atrocities. These were three graduate students, Amnon Scheffler, Gilad Newman, and Matan Yaffe. They were in a professor's office or in his class, I suppose, And the class was Organizing People, Power, Change. It was a course last spring. All three students, by the way, right now, are in Israel fighting. They've been called up by the IDF. They're all reserves. And they're not available for comment. According to the Brandeis Center, the students decided to work together on a joint project that would examine ways to harness and unite a majority of diverse and moderate Israelis to strengthen Israel's liberal and Jewish democracy. So the students told the professor that's what they wanted to do. And the professor dismissed their project as illegitimate, demanded that they changed it, and then subjected them to anti-Semitic, anti-Israeli discrimination when they refused to change their project. According to the complaint, Gans told the students they could not use the term Jewish democracy to describe Israel, stating that using the words Jewish and democracy in regard to the Jewish state was akin to a project promoting white supremacy. They weren't having it. These are Israelis. They decided they were going to stick with their project just the way they designed it, and they got threatened with academic consequences. Professor Gans admitted he had never told students in any other class that they could not present their work, even when it was controversial. And during the final class, two of the teaching fellows with him taught a lesson on how to recruit support for Palestinians. Oh, that, that's not objectionable. But it led to students making very hostile claims, inaccurate characterizations, and false accusations against Israel and Israelis. And Gantz then refuses to let the Israeli students provide even a response, no argument to the inaccurate, wildly inaccurate data that they presented. They sent this complaint off in March of this year. And Harvard launched some kind of third-party investigation, which actually agreed with the Brandeis Center and concluded that he had subjected the students to anti-Israel and anti-Semitic bias and discrimination based solely on their identities, and that he was silencing the speech of the Jewish Israeli students about a topic that he viewed as illegitimate. Treated them differently, denigrated them because they were from Israel? Do you think he would do that to anybody who was from, I don't know, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, anywhere? the investigator made strong recommendations adding that he would have made even stronger recommendations but was happily surprised since investigators paid by colleges and universities seldom are as firm as this so harvard kennedy school dean douglas elmendorf pledged to address the problem asking for time over the summer to do so well here we are it is over the summer and not only has there been no action To address the anti-Semitism, Harvard is now publicly touting him, Gans, the professor who continues to teach there as a civil rights hero. The the Harvard Gazette says his early civil rights work is to be commended and leaves out all mention of this anti-Semitic conduct of his. Because as Tom Lehrer says, everybody hates the Jews. Harvard has no interest in addressing the anti-Semitism on its campus. It's publicly celebrating a professor who just recently subjected Jewish and Israeli students to bias and discrimination. And it was, wasn't it just over the summer that the White House rolled out a national strategy to combat anti-Semitism? Yeah. And if you believe that, then you're dead from the neck up stupid as a brick what other things can I say probably not much as Mark Levin pointed out this weekend on his show and as I've been saying for months if you are Jewish and vote for Democrats what's wrong with you if you're African American and you vote for Democrats what is wrong with you if you're Hispanic and you vote for Democrats what exactly is wrong with you Do you not care that they've lied to you, they've done nothing for you, they just expect you to vote for them? As a matter of fact, they've endangered you and your families every which way, and you continue to vote for them? Like they're all still Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who, by the way, didn't like Jews either. All right, don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app on your cell phone or your computer. Or visit the website, 850WFTL.com, so you can participate in our cool contests and hear all the podcasts, including the latest edition of the No Restraint podcast. I'm a little partial to that one myself, but I do love to listen to Cool Dad Rules and the UAP podcast as well. So I'm kind of an equal opportunity podcast listener. Anyway, stay right where you are. I'll be right back. So uh, now this this Turkish president, this piece of garbage, uh, Erdogan. First and foremost, did anybody see Enos Freedom on the Levin show? He like really laid it out there. But I'm reading an article this morning about uh, Erdogan giving a speech at a pro-Palestinian rally in Turkey. And he said that Turkey can come at any night unexpectedly. So in other words, the president of Turkey, who happens to be our ally, right? Last time I checked, even though I don't think they are. He, he delivers a speech in which he tells attendees that Israel is responsible for war crimes and that Hamas are freedom fighters, which, <laughs> listen, I'm really getting tired of that argument, right? Freedom fighters don't kill little babies, Freedom fighters don't rape women as they're, uh, you know, slaughtering them in front of their husbands, wives, parents, and, and even their own children. And now he's, he's threatening that he, Turkey can come at any night unexpectedly. And you should have seen the response he got from the attendees. They were like ecstatic. The footage is out there on X, formerly known as Twitter and it shows the pro-Palestinian crowd responding with the chant, Turkish military to Gaza. You, You can't possibly think this is okay. They're waving Turkish and Palestinian flags in Istanbul at something called the Great Palestine Meeting. And... You know, you can't hide this stuff anymore. There was a translation out on X almost within 12 minutes. And the video has been reposted dozens of times. I don't do posting and reposting. I just think there's enough out there. If you want to see something, go find it, all right? And I'm not going to hand feed anybody with this stuff because so much of it is so disturbing that I don't even want to touch it, you know? But the... Uh, there's there's a news site that's called Politics Today that translated his speech, and said that the statement he made was part of a motto. W- what he said: "From now on, we will continue on our path with the motto that we may suddenly knock on your door one night." Wow. He, y- this is this is. This is where we are. And this is why, you better wake up. I, I don't know how I can convince the people who are still not convinced that the Jews are the canary in the mine, okay? And they are being targeted, not just by you know a handful of campus, stupid Palestinian supporters, no, no. They're being targeted by governments, even governments that we call democratic. Not that I think there's any semblance to a democracy in Turkey. In response to the actions of Israel, Mr. Erdogan said his government was preparing, I don't know what this means, to tell the whole world that Israel is a war criminal. Apparently, he has no problem with the slaughter of Jews on October 7th. That? he didn't say it was a war crime. He didn't say the Hamas was war criminals. No, no, the, the Jews who are fighting back. The, uh, you can imagine how poorly this speech went down with the leaders of Israel who have said, you know what, get, get out. T- took all of their diplomatic staff out of Turkey. Israel Foreign Minister Eli Cohen said that the statements coming from Turkey had led him to conduct a reevaluation of the relations between Israel and Turkey. Given the grave statements coming from Turkey, I have ordered the return of diplomatic representatives there in order to conduct a reevaluation of those relationships. Well, good, because they mean to kill you. <laughs> That's what he's threatening. He's going to declare war on Israel and send his military to Gaza. Meanwhile, you're You're looking at a ground war that's taking place with still a tremendous amount of caution. I wouldn't do it that way. And apparently a lot of Israelis don't think it should be being done this way. They're calling for Netanyahu on both sides. The conservatives and the liberals are calling for Netanyahu's head because it's time to, to rid the world of Hamas. They are not freedom fighters. They are terrorists. They've been declared terrorists by multiple nations. They've been declared terrorists by multiple organizations. And we're still debating this? If they're not terrorists, who are? If launching missiles and bombs into your neighbor is not terrorism, what is it? What would we do if Mexico was launching bombs into the Southwestern United States, or worse yet, into major cities like uh, Los Angeles. I assure you, well, I can't even assure you with Biden in the White House, but if most of the time I can assure you that there would be a swift and very, very severe response to such a thing. But no, Israel is not allowed to respond. Israel, they're the war criminals, right? some sort of occupation. If I hear that word one more time, I'm going to jump out of my skin because Israel left Gaza, right? Years ago, left Gaza. Israel gave land to Hamas, ridiculously, gave land to Fatah, also ridiculously, and now they're reaping the benefits of being so darn civilized and fair, which means that they have a tough decision to make right now. Either they put on a shelf all that humanitarian BS that they've been convinced by the rest of the world they have to abide by, even though nobody else has to abide by it, but they do. Even though they're surrounded by enemies, they're supposed to behave one way, and everybody else can do whatever they want. And and you've got to, they've got to be, it's got to be ended once and for all. Hamas has got to be done in. There's no other way to put it. And, and, and still, they're letting supplies go in. Who do you think gets those supplies? Do you really think Hamas is letting the citizens get the fuel or get the water or get the food? I mean, let's be real, okay? Hamas has not taken care of those people for the last 10 years. So you think now they're saying, oh yeah, well, let's give those supplies to the poor civilians. They use the poor civilians in Gaza as human shields. I assure you, the humanitarian supplies are not getting through. Not, not to them. Hamas is getting them. And apparently, uh, according to one hostage, they're getting cucumber and uh, cream cheese sandwiches. I don't know how true that is either. I don't believe anything coming out of Hamas's uh, statements, nor do I believe anything from released hostages. I just don't. You'll say anything if you left behind a husband. That's all I know. So I got to take a break but when I come back I also well, I I think we'll play Tom Lehrer's song because it really I just been humming it singing it for days and I'll I'll share it with my audience when we come back from this break but I also I have to talk about the fact that this shooter this 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 scum in Maine everybody was told he was going to do this How do we keep coming up against this same issue where we get these reports and then we shelve them? What do we do? We kind of look for the guy, but if we don't find him right away, we forget about it? I'm really disturbed by that. Anyway, let me take a break. I'll be right back. How could a song that was made in the 60s be still so relevant in 2023? That's the question. Tom Lehrer was a comedic singer back then, and he had a couple of incredible songs. Uh, most of them were very anti things that I actually believe in, but nonetheless humorous. That's not that funny, you know. When you think about it, everybody hates the Jews. We're seeing that play out now. The other thing that everybody seems to hate is the ability for the American people to defend themselves. Apparently, this is very uh, disquieting to the Biden administration and to the Democrat Party, which is amazing because in any city or state that is being led by Democrats, crime is very concerning. And the target, the victims of that crime are generally the very people that the Democrats keep beating their chest and saying, but we stand up for the poor, and we stand up for the minority groups, and we stand up for gays, and we stand up for women. Well, meanwhile, those are the groups that are targeted the most in these blue cities and blue states. And and Maine, which was never a state that you could sort of call one way or the other, Maine is one of those states, it's very independent, and sometimes it looks kind of red, sometimes it looks kind of blue. Mostly I would say it's kind of purple. But the police across the entire state of Maine were warned that there was a deranged man living in Bowdoin who posed a threat to the, po- to the public. And this was weeks before he massacred 18 people in Lewiston and then killed himself. My question is always the same. Why don't these dudes kill themselves first and only? This was a man who they can't stop saying often enough, he was a sergeant with the Army Reserves 3rd Battalion as if somehow sergeants with the Army's uh, battalions or the regiments are, are more dangerous than anybody else. He lost his job at the recycling center. By the way, he killed himself at the recycling center. I don't know if he wanted them to recycle him or what. But in the lead up to this massacre, he began hearing voices. And he said it was because of his new hearing aids. Now, mind you, I got new hearing aids just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm having a very difficult time adjusting to them. Very difficult everything sounds way too loud <laughs> because I'm used to not hearing, you know. Well, I, I'm used to having trouble hearing. Let's put it that way. And if the TV's on and my husband talks to me with that deep, low voice of his, I can't make out a word that he's saying. So I got myself some hearing aids, okay? And all I can tell you is that I don't hear voices except my own. When I speak, and I don't know if this is true for other people who wear hearing aids, when I speak, it sounds like I'm on a megaphone. So now I've dropped my voice down very low and everybody's saying, what, what did you say? I mean, there's just no winning. AGE has gotten me. But so he's blaming this hearing aid for the voices that he's hearing. And the Army Reserve actually started calling these sheriffs around the state, particularly the ones near where he's from, Bowden, and 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 they said this guy's dangerous. He's he's issuing all kinds of threats. He was going to shoot up the the uh, army base, and and they sent a the deputy to his house. Okay, and when the deputy couldn't find him, okay, I'll send an alert out to every law enforcement agency in May, and so the spokesperson for the Maine Department of Public Safety confirmed to a Boston Globe reporter that the state police department, along with every other law enforcement agency in Maine, got that alert. It was apparently a file six blanket alert. I don't know what that means, but it prompted officers to be on the lookout, not to proactively search for the garbage man but to be on the lookout for him. So the apparently the excuse that's being offered up by all of these uh, police departments and individuals is that these alerts come out all the time. I got 25 alerts like this just over the weekend, Sergeant Mark Marion of the Cumberland County Sheriff's Department said. It's important to note that mental health calls are a large portion of our call volume, so we get a lot of these. We take them all serious, but nothing stood out with this more than any other one that we got. He's hearing voices, he's threatening to shoot up a military base, and nothing stood out about this one. Hmm, I'm I'm just saying. No bulletins or assistance was requested in conjunction with the alert. So the AP questioned the FBI and said, Did you were you looking for this guy? And the FBI said, No, we didn't get any tips, we didn't get any information about this guy. So apparently, this July incident where the military had him baker acted, or whatever they call it in Maine, had had him hospitalized in a mental facility, that didn't show up on anything that the FBI might have had access to. Now, New York State police officers were the ones who responded to West Point, which is where he was threatening everybody. And as a result of that, he went for some mental health evaluation at the uh, community hospital at the military academy. So now, let me ask you a question. Maine, which doesn't have a red flag law, does have a yellow flag law, which means that if there's a report of a mentally compromised individual, they can go before a judge and they can request that the guns be taken away from him. Okay, so they can't just come in and take them like where the red flag laws exist. But if someone's hospitalized for two weeks for mental illness, wouldn't that just automatically trigger the yellow flag law? And they would come in and investigate? How long do you think it would have taken police officers or state officials or anybody else to ascertain that this guy should be separated from his weapons? He's hearing voices because of his hearing aids. Now, if you get hospitalized in a mental facility for two weeks, that is a pretty profound statement. Here in Florida, I can't speak to what it is in Maine, but I know what it is in Florida and I know what it is in New York. You can be hospitalized against your will for up to three days. If you are, um, if the police are called because you're having a mental illness outbreak, breakout, whatever it is, or if a family member decides that you're dangerous to yourself or to others, they can put you in a mental facility for three days. And after that, You can't be held there. Two weeks? In order to be held for two weeks in Florida, a judge has to authorize that. So I'm just trying to figure out, how did this guy escape notice? The alleged shooter's sister-in-law told NBC News that the family had reached out to the police and to the armies to make sure that everybody was on the same page because he's someone who does gun training and we were concerned about his mental state this has got so much of that you know parkland shooter on it that why are these kinds of reports just sort of cast aside the sister-in-law said he was he had a severe hearing loss was picking up voices that he had never heard, his mind was twisting them around, he was humiliated by the things they thought, he thought were being said, and he was just very set in his belief that everyone was against him all of a sudden. Yeah. Well, 18 innocent people got killed and dozens others injured. Lives will never be the same in Lewiston and Maine, or probably all over the country cuz there are people affected if their family members were there. And yet nobody is asking the question like how did this how did this happen? And why do you think more gun laws would have helped this? We already had a yellow flag law there and it just didn't work. Let me take a final break. Don't forget coming up after me is Eric Erickson and then Joe Paggs, Lars Larson, the Overnight Guys, and tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade, followed by Dan Bongino, and then, of course, I'll be back at 3 o'clock tomorrow. But for now, I have one segment left today. Stay right where you are. So apparently the uh, decision by our governor, to give a lot of love to the Iowa Republicans in the hopes that uh, if he could get a a victory in Iowa that his campaign would get a little traction. It's not working, it's really not. Um, This strategy that he has tried, he's tried like five different strategies but this one is not working. Donald Trump has a big national lead over Governor DeSantis, who has now shifted from battling the Donald Trump to focusing on Iowa and doing what he calls the full grassly, which means you gotta go through all 99 Iowa counties while you're trying to run a state the size of Florida. But a mid-October assessment of the Iowa Landscape by the Des Moines Register noted that he was quadrupling down on his all-in Iowa strategy by shifting a third of his campaign staff into the state over these coming weeks. And he was paying the inevitable price for doing that. In other words, now he's trailing in New Hampshire and South Carolina to Nikki Haley. And his support has dropped to the low double digits across the country. So that's why the new gold standard Iowa poll from Ann Seltzer is really bad news for him. It showed that his all in on Iowa strategy has him 23 points behind Trump and he has a big lead over the rest of the field. Or no, that's what it was probably at the beginning of the summer and now Trump leads him by 27 points. So he added four points. And Nikki Haley is actually tied with him. They have 16% each. Now, I don't know if anybody saw this last debate. I didn't. But I can tell you this. The few emails that I got from people who did watch it were not very uh, impressive. The usual, Vivek Ramaswamy had a lot of good things to say. He has no chance, right? Tim Scott is such a nice man. He has no chance. Uh, Nikki Haley is very strong in debates. She has no chance. And now we find Governor DeSantis, great governor, great man, good man. He hasn't got a chance either. So when is the party going to coalesce behind Donald Trump, who now has a speaker in Mike Johnson with whom he could actually get a lot done. Stuff that we need done. Get this economy back up and running. Secure our national security. Close our border. We need all this stuff to be done. And with Mike Johnson as the speaker, hopefully that they maintain their majority, and Donald Trump in the White House. Let me tell you something, this could be the best of all worlds for not just America but for the whole world. And uh, that's, that's what I've got my, my focus on, that's what I have my heart set on, if that's a, the right appropriate term for it, because we cannot afford to waste another year or another two years or anything like that. This is a disaster all over the world, and it's only gonna get worse. And we need somebody who'll go in there and could care less what anybody in the press has to say about them. And I don't have to tell you who that is. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here on tomorrow at three o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you. May God bless Israel. And may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.